welcome to the At Ramsey Heights podcast, your source for all of our audio messages at Ramsey Heights Baptist Church in Batesville, Arkansas. This is Pastor Brian Coates, and I hope this encouragement from God's Word connects with you and helps guide you through your next steps on your journey with God. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. Today is just a little bit different than normal, so if you've got your Bibles and you want to open them up, we'll be starting off in Psalm 127. Today is Journey Sunday here at Ramsey Heights, and we're taking a day just to celebrate our kids. We love our kids, don't we? That's pretty good. Yes, we love them. They're precious to us because they're precious to God. So what we're doing today is we're taking a day to celebrate both the beginning of the journey of childhood and the end of the journey of childhood with child dedication and a celebration of our graduates. You know, I asked Liv to sing that song today, the children's song that we all know. How many of you guys grew up singing Jesus Loves Me? It's one of the first songs that we teach children because it has a very special truth to it, is that Jesus loves me, not because I've done anything, not because I've grown up and been successful, but because I am who I am, because he made me. And Jesus finds our children precious. He loves them. Uh, The song alludes to one of my favorite stories in the Bible when I think about kids is is Jesus is teaching and he's obviously a very important person in Israel and the the crowds are getting to him and there's this group of kids that want to get to Jesus and as the disciples are looking at it they start to push the kids away no no, Jesus is too busy for you he's got people to heal he's got people to teach he's got things to do and Jesus turns around and he looks at the disciples and said no 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 let those kids come to me those kids I love I want them in my presence bring them to me and then he sets them on his lap and And he tells people, he says, these kids are precious and woe to anybody who would harm one. And because kids are precious to our God as we come to church this morning, we're going to celebrate our children because we're passionate about them and their families as well. So today I wanted to start off with with Psalm 127. It speaks of kids. If you've got your Bibles, this is verses 3 through 5. It says, Lo, children are an heritage to the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I love those verses in the way that that the Bible talks about children. And what it says is, is children are a blessing from God. Everybody say amen. He, He gives them to us, not because we earn them, not because we've done something for them. He gives children to us as a blessing. It is one of the manifestations of God's grace. Uh, compared to this, think of, think of salvation. Our salvation is not earned. God didn't say, go find a way to make me love you. God said, I'm going to die and give you the opportunity to be saved. I'm going to give you the opportunity to spend eternal, uh, eternity with me for free. He gives that to us, and yet children are the same way. God gives us children as a blessing for no reason other than for his love for us. So the question is, is if he gives us this undeserved blessing, how do we honor this gift. Well, with the gift of salvation, when we, when we become a Christian, what do we do? We, we dedicate our life to Christ. Becoming saved doesn't just mean that we're going to go to heaven. We dedicate ourselves to following Christ and living our life for Him. And it's the same thing with children. 
When God blesses us with children, we don't just raise children because it, it sounds fun. We, we dedicate those new lives of those, of those little creatures to God. And we celebrate them in that way. So this morning what we're doing is, is we're going to give a, a few of our families, I think we have four families this morning that are going to be dedicating their children and, and making a commitment to that because ultimately our kids don't belong to us. I know that's hard to say. It's hard for us to think that way. Ultimately, our kids don't belong to us. They are made in the holy and perfect image of God. He, he created them. He loves them. And he gives them to us to steward. And so when we, when we come together, or I'm sorry, when we parent a child, we're not parenting our own children. We're parenting something that God has entrusted us with. He's entrusted us with his most beloved creation. And, and that spells responsibility. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, God is, is speaking to Israel, and he gives them this command. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord God, your God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Now, now Jesus, again, references this in the New Testament when he's asked, What's the most important thing to God? He says, This is where you start at. Everything else will fall into loving God with all of your heart. But the scripture continues here, and it continues to tell us what that means when it comes to children. It says, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk with them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lay down, and when you rise up. And so parents, this gives us some instructions. All of our, our beautiful parents with our kids here, this gives us some instructions. I want to just tell y'all what God's expectation is for y'all as parents as we go into dedication and what this means. The first thing he gives us is that greatest commandment is that if you want to be a biblical parent, you must love God. This is where your faith begins. And when I say love God, I don't just mean show up to church every once in a while. It means that you should have a love for God that is life altering. It should encompass every single part of you. Your faith and your relationship with God will have you, call, or create, will have you make decisions and live a lifestyle that is honoring to him. And in doing so, the second command he gives us is that we hide his words in our heart, that we take the scripture and we apply it to that new life that we're living. Uh, when I was growing up here, our pastor, many of you remember Brother Mike Ball, we started every service, we'd grab our Bibles and we would stand up and he would say, this is my Bible. And we would all repeat it, God's holy word. And then he would start speaking from one of the Psalms. It is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I will not sin against God. That's straight from scripture. And we would say that every Sunday. And what that reminds me of is, is when we're going through life, as we go through this dark world, we'll come to places where we're not really sure what to do. But parents, listen carefully. When the path is not clear, when it's dark and it's hazy, God's word is given to us to illuminate our path. When we don't know where to go, when we're not sure where he's calling us or how to handle a situation or what it means to be a parent, God has given us his word that is to direct us and has application to every situation. So out of our love for God and our excitement, we hunger for his instructions and, and we live a lifestyle that has an emphasis on scripture. And parents, once you've done those two internal steps, then we can take that and we can turn that to the Bible or to our kids to teaching them the Bible. The, the third thing that the scripture commands us to do is to teach our children. 
to teach our children to do exactly what we're doing. Teach our children by example to love God with all of our heart and all of their heart. Uh, Teach our children to live their lives based upon his scripture and his instructions. And I love the way that that the Bible tells us to do that. It doesn't say, sit them down in a classroom and, and teach them for an hour a day. It gives us these times to teach them. It says, when you're sitting at your house, teach them. When you're going on your way, teach them. When you lay down at night, teach them. When you wake up in the morning, teach the children. Now, God's not giving us four specific times that we have to have a Bible lesson, although those would be great times. That's this all-encompassing lifestyle, whether you're at home or you're traveling, whether you're going to bed or you're waking up. Take time to teach your children how to love God and how to follow Him the same way that you do. It should encompass our entire life. So God puts a priority on that in every aspect. And we have this morning, we have four families that are coming forward to dedicate their their children to this concept. That as parents, they want their children to be raised in a household that loves God, that lives their life uh, based upon the instructions of the scripture, and that teaches children to do the same two things. So uh, we're going to start this morning first with Mr. Christopher. He asked me if he could go first. Christopher and Kim and Jason, if you guys would come up here. Come on up. Don't be scared, bud. It's all right. Get a high five for me. My man. <laughs> if you guys don't know Christopher, he is an absolute joy to be around. He is all boy 100%, aren't you? And he is a hugger. He loves to hug everybody. He's just so full of love. And, and Kim and Jason, we're so proud of y'all. And uh, we'll be up here again next year, if I understand correctly. We've got another one coming on. Uh, but it, we have seen uh, Kim and Jason and God working in their lives. They recently got baptized, and they're growing in God, and I'm so proud for that. So, guys, I just um, I have a couple of questions for you. And if you agree to this, you just respond, I will. I'm going to have to read them, so I've got to come back over here. <laughs> All right. It says, will you love God in a way that is evident and an example to Christopher? We will. Uh, will you as parents submit to God's will for your family in Scripture? Will. will you teach Christopher to love God and to live by his word? Will. Very good. And will you pray for Christopher's salvation and for God to grow his faith? Will. Awesome. I'm going to pray for y'all if that's okay real quick. Church, as I pray, would you please pray for this family? We're going to pray for each of the families today. Would you just pray silently as I pray aloud? Uh, Father in heaven, God, we, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to celebrate our kids. Uh, God, we thank you for Christopher, who I know that you have created with uh, such a specialness in him. God, our ultimate prayer is that he grows up to know you, um, that he loves you. God, that you use him in a mighty way. God, I pray that you will just strengthen uh, Jason and Kim as they parent him, as they grow him, uh, grow their faith, God, so they can be great examples for him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, can you guys come stand over here for just a second? All right, next up we have, make sure I've got these in the right order. Next we have Miss Annalise with Adam and Amber. You guys want to come on up? Isn't she a little princess? She is gorgeous. Adam, I don't know how you lucked into that one. It worked out. Yes. 
All right, guys, this is Miss Annalise and parents Adam and Amber. We've got to walk with Adam and Amber here recently into marriage, and now with this little uh, gorgeous little girl, we're so excited for them. Ah, oh, look at her. She knows we're talking about her. <laughs> it's wonderful. All right, Mom and Dad, I've got a few questions for you, and same as Jason and Kim. If you guys will, just respond, I will. Uh, will you love God in a way that is evident and an example to Annalise? Will you as parents submit to God's will for your family and scripture? Will. Yeah. will you teach Annalise to love God and to live by his word? Will. And will you pray for Annalise's salvation and for God to grow her faith? Yeah. And I want to pray for her. Father of heaven, again, we come to you with praise, God, for new life and for beauty. God, we thank you for little Annalise who's going to grow up. God, she is uh, such a beautiful little girl. And God, we know that you've put a beautiful spirit and a heart in her. God, our ultimate goal and our ultimate hope is that she would come to know you, that you would use her and make her a wonderful part of your kingdom. God, I pray for Adam and Amber that you will guide them as parents, uh, give them the ability to, to teach her on the road of childhood, uh, to grow her, and to be ready to send her into the world as she grows. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wonderful. Uh, next, we've got Mr. Brantley, Miss Ellie, along with parents, Kayla and Richard. I don't know what it is about Ramsey Heights. Uh, we get a lot of little girls for some reason. It's something in the water up here. We got one little boy. Where's he at? He's on his down in here. There. We got one little boy. Finally broke the broke the hole. But we've got a lot of little girls. Another princess, and my man Brantley. If you guys don't know Brantley, he's a country boy. We love him to death. Well, you guys know this family. They've grown up here. Kayla and I grew up here, and then she dragged Richard in, much to the dismay of his mother-in-law. Uh, but we love them so much. Um, we're so excited for them growing their family. Uh, two wonderful kids. So same, same as I asked the others, if you guys will just respond, I will. It says, will you love God in a way that is evident and an example to Brantley and Ellie? Will you as parents submit to God's will for your family in Scripture? Will you teach Brantley and Ellie to love God and to live by his word? Will you pray for Brantley and Ellie, Ellie's salvation, and for God to grow their faith? All right, let me pray for y'all as well. Father in heaven, God, we uh, thank you for another family, God, that loves you and that is serving you and raising their children to serve you. God, we uh, praise you for Brantley and Ellie, for the beauty that you've put in their souls. God, we know that they are image bearers of you, that they reflect you. God, we pray that you will work in them at an early age to come to know you. God, that you'll protect them from this world, the sin that can be found, that they will uh, come to love you and serve you at an early age. God, we pray for Richard and Kayla, that you will just work in their life. God, continue to grow their faith as parents, that they can uh, raise their children and care for them. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you guys stand over here? I don't think anybody needs to uh, have to be introduced to Oakley. We all know her pretty well. Uh, Brian asked me to do this, and he said, you can't cry. I said, there's no promises, but we'll try. <laughs> all right, same questions for you two. 
Will you love God in a way that is evident and an example to Oakley? Will you as parents submit to God, God's will for your family in Scripture? Will you teach Oakley to love God and to live by His Word? Will you pray for Oakley's salvation and for God to grow her faith? Alright, we'll have a word of prayer for her. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come to you in a word of prayer that we uh, we lift uh, Oakley up in, in our prayers and that we ask that you would just uh, be with her as she grows your Lord that you would keep your uh, hedge of protection around her that dear Lord as she uh, grows that she will learn to trust you and to put her faith in you to accept you as a personal Savior your Heavenly Father, just ask you to be with uh, Brian and Jessica as they uh, attempt to raise Oakley, that they would be the example she needs to have, that they would uh, indeed teach her all the things of God's Word. Dear Lord, I just ask you to be with them, and uh, I ask you to forgive me where I failed you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, would you stand, please? If you're here this morning, these children should be precious to you because you're either a friend, a family member, or part of the church family with them. And for that reason, you have responsibility to these families as well. So just as I did with the parents, I'm going to ask you some questions, and I'm going to ask you to respond. We will. So question number one is, will you pray for these children and their families? Number two is, will you support these families, love them, and be a resource to them through anything and everything? Hey, families, I want you all to look out. There's a group of people here who love y'all. They're here for you in anything. Never be, spared, never be scared to reach out for prayer, for help, for advice. We've got some great, great grandmothers out here who've been through a lot of life. They would love to work with y'all, but just know that you are so loved here and your children are loved. Church, can we give them some applause, please? We love our families. You guys can go grab a seat. Thank y'all so much. <laughs> Church, you can be seated as well. One of the things that warms my heart more than anything else about this church is to see kids in this church learning about Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? And, um, you know, it's, it's, they're loud and they're messy and they take a lot of effort and I love every bit of it. And VBS is coming up tonight and we hope to fill this church with kids that are going to do the exact same thing. Uh, back to Psalm 127 real quick. Uh, I found some interesting language in there and um, I just thought that was really weird. The, the scripture compares children to arrows. Like what a weird analogy for scripture to give us with children, right? Like there's some old lady's going to walk up to you in the mall sometime and go, that's a wonderful quiver full of arrows you've got there. They're so cute. Like that, that's just a weird way of the scripture describing children. But, but I know if the scripture describes something in one way, there's a reason for that. It's trying to communicate something to us. And so the concept of children being arrows in the hands of a warrior tells us something. So let's just take a second. Oh, where'd it go? 
let's just take a second and think about the mechanics of an arrow for just a second. Now, I know what you're thinking. Number one, no, I will not shoot you. Uh, number two, yes, this is a kiddie bow. And the reason for that is this is not my hunting bow. This is what I get Christmas lights up in my trees with. So if you hear about me going to the hospital in the middle of November, you know why. Think about the mechanics of an arrow for just a second and what it is. An arrow in the hand of a warrior. An arrow is meant to be used. It's not a decorative piece. It's not something you carry. It's to be used with a bow. And with strength and purpose, what you do with a bow is you pull it back, you aim with purpose, and then you release the arrow. And so what Scripture is telling us about our children is that they're not just part of us. They're not just here for us. That we as parents, we have jobs for our children and for the way that we raise them. That our job is to, with power and strength, aim them methodically and eventually release them. Our ultimate goal as parents is to release our children well. It's to prepare them for adulthood. And nobody wants to think about that. Surely not when they're just little babies or when they're three years old. But that's our ultimate goal. Because in a hundred years, how we train our children, how we aim them, and then the focus we take on raising our children, that's all that will matter. In a hundred years, it will not matter how popular your child was at school. In a hundred years, it will not matter how successful they were in business or how good they were at sports or how fashionable they were. In a hundred years, the only thing that will matter is how we raised our children to serve God. Not in their grades, not how many people like them, not who they fought with at school this week. In our culture, although we, we guide our children for life, we're given about 18 years to aim them. So I think the scripture is giving us a warning to aim with purpose, to aim at good things. Today we have three children that are entering adulthood. Uh, three seniors that have just graduated high school. Three kids that, I'm sorry parents, I hate to say, we're releasing them into the world. Or not three parents, three sets of parents that are releasing them into the world. And so while we honored our young kids this morning, we want to also honor our graduates. And so for just a second, if you'll allow me, I want to talk to our graduates. So graduates, listen up. Don't sleep like you normally do. I know it's boring, but it's okay. Uh, I've got some instructions for you. This, this comes from uh, the book of First. Joshua. Let me give you some background, or uh, uh, Joshua 1, rather. Uh, let me give you some background on Joshua for just a second. Uh, Joshua is taking over after a guy named Moses. Everybody shake your head if you've heard of Moses. Graduates, I'm looking at y'all. I've lost one of them. He's in here somewhere. Uh, okay, so Joshua is taking over after Moses. And get to understand, for God's people, Moses was like a parent. Moses rescued them with the power of God from um, Egypt. Uh, Moses trained them. He led them. He taught them. He cared for them. And at the beginning of this series, or the beginning of this book, Moses is dead. And this new chapter starts off with God's people getting a new leader named Joshua. And I want to lead, read to you what God instructs Joshua to do and the people of Israel to do now that they're entering this new chapter without Moses there. This is verses 6 through 9 in Joshua chapter 1. It says, Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courteous, that thou mayest observe to do according all in the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not to it from the left or to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do 
according to all that is written therein. And then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. So this, although written for a long time, a long time ago, this was written to the Israelites. To our graduating seniors, this is written to you. You guys are entering a new stage in life, and everybody in here, or most of us in here, have been through that already. Like, like when you graduate high school, it's awesome. You get all kinds of new freedom that you've never had before. You're an adult for the first time. You, you get to go off into life. But with that new freedom, there's a warning. You're losing a little bit of your safety net. Your parents will love you and walk beside you forever. I want you to know Ramsey Heights loves you, but things will begin to change. And you're going to have the opportunity to make great decisions, and those great decisions can have great benefits. You're also going to have the opportunity to make poor decisions, and those poor decisions will come with hefty consequences. So as you step out into this, this new point of life, some instructions from God's Word from this scripture here. Number one, as you go, go in God's strength. The Bible says multiple times, be strong and courageous. It's used twice in the scripture we just read and multiple, multiple times elsewhere. And it is always accompanied with this. It's always accompanied with God is with you. As you go, it doesn't mean go be strong, go to the gym and get really, really built up and be ready to fight anybody. It simply means walk in God's strength. I'm an outdoorsman because my grandfather and my dad both were, but I'm also a little girl who is scared of the dark. And so when we would go out into the woods at nighttime, we, we would be out in the woods and, and I'd start to get scared. And even today, I'm 35 years old, I still get scared in the woods at night. I drive the four-wheeler really fast, okay? But when I was young, what I, what I would do is I would come close to the strength of my grandpa or my dad and I would let them protect me. And I was walking in strength and being courageous, not because of my own strength, but because I had a trust for them and their strength. When I thought I was lost, I had, a, I had a belief that they knew where they were going. When I was scared, I had a belief that they would protect me. And the same way as you walk into this new adult life, walk in the strength of God in that way. You have a heavenly father who loves you and has all of the power and ability you could ever need. You can call upon him at any time and he will get you through. Number one, go in God's strength. Number two is follow his instructions for your life. Uh, the Bible here, he's telling Joshua, he says, go down my path. Do not depart from it from the left or to the right. What the scripture is saying is God has a purpose and a plan for you, for all of us. This doesn't just apply to our graduates. And God says, I have given you a path to go down. I have given you instructions how to go. Do not get off of that path to the left or the right. And this world will give you every opportunity to use this world as an off-ramp. Every single opportunity. But God's plan is for us to stay on that and that, or stay on his path, and that's for protection. Uh, some years ago, we had a, a men's meeting out at my farm, and, uh, or my family's farm. We had this men's meeting, and several men were out there. The boys were out there, and we were camping out. And one of the men came out. He drove out in the daytime, and after it got dark, he decided to leave. And so I told him, when you cross the dry creek, if you'll angle left to the left corner of the field, you'll find the bridge. Once you get to the bridge, you can get out of the field pretty easily. Just be careful, because it can get kind of wet out here, and you might get stuck. And so I watched him, and he, and he pulled around, and he went through the dry creek. And immediately after going through the dry creek, I told him to angle left. Immediately, he took a hard right. And I thought, well, that's not good. 
And I could see the headlights in this neighboring field as it drove around up the very high right side of the field. And then I saw the headlights going to a place where I knew was very, very soft and very wet. And so I was running to my four-wheeler. I said, I've got to catch him. And about that time, I hear that truck start going, round, round, Oh, no. And I got there, and sure enough, he was completely buried up. And I said, uh, hey, what are you doing over here? He said, I thought I remembered coming to the right. I said, no, no, the path was to the left. He got so buried in that mud, it took a tractor and a truck to get him out of it. Listen, when God gives us instructions, when God gives us a path, what God is telling us is he's telling us, go down this path because you don't want to get stuck in the mud pits of life. You don't want to deal with the consequences of bad decisions. I've given you a path. This path is for your safety. Go down it the right way. So number two, follow God's instructions. Instruction number three is follow or study scripture. If we want to follow God's directions and his instructions, we will find it in scripture. God gave us this book. And a lot of times we look at this book like it's a bunch of stories, a bunch of rules that we have to follow. But it's like, Caden, you're a gamer. You know what a cheat code is? My man, the Bible is a bunch of cheat codes. If you don't know what a cheat code is, it's this. is In a lot of video games, the person who programs the video game will put cheat codes in there. And if you do a certain magic with your fingers on that controller, it will give you some kind of a cheat that you weren't really supposed to have. If your character is dying, it will give you full life. Some of them will make you invisible. You can walk through walls. It'll make a car appear in front of you. These cheat codes are used to help you cheat your way through the game. And what the Bible is, in a way, is God who programmed the universe has given us all the codes of how to be successful in this life, all the ways to get through this life, and he's put them in this book. And what he says is, is follow these instructions if you want a prosperous life. That scripture that we just read was used that twice. If you want to prosper in every situation, follow the instructions in the book. So this book gives us cheat codes on how, how do you handle those new relationships. It gives us cheat codes on, on what do we do when we fail or what do we do when we have success. It gives us cheat codes for who do we praise when we're happy, how do we handle conflict, and how do we handle sadness. And knowing this book will prepare you for every circumstance. And living by this book will give you every opportunity to be successful. So number three, study scripture. Number four is look for God. This particular scripture ended with saying, God is with you wherever you go. And wherever you go, I wanted you guys to know, God is with you at boot camp. God is with you at college or in your job. God, God is with you in new relationships. God is with you when you move to a new town or you get a new home. God is with you. He is the one constant that will never change. And here's what I want to warn you on. Because you're humans, guys, listen to me. You're going to make some mistakes. I've made some mistakes. There's nobody in here that hasn't made some mistakes. And what Satan likes to do is he likes to call to us. He said, you've made some mistakes. You've gone too far from God. God is done with you. And I want you to know that even if you've walked away from God, even if you've made the bad decision or you've stumbled into a mistake, that mistake does not change God's love for you. He is still with you and you can turn back to him any time. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. One of my favorite movies that I grew up with is The Lion King. And um, if you watch The Lion King, if you've been reading your Bible, you're like, oh, it's like the Bible in cartoon form. It's got all of these like Christian ethic points in it. And there's one point in it where the dad, Mufasa, who is the king of the lions, he takes his son Simba up onto Pride Rock. And he sits up there on top of Pride Rock and he sits with Simba and he says, son, you rule over everything that the light touches. 
All of that is for you. You can go anywhere. You can do anything you want where the light touches. And what does Simba do? Because he's a child, the first thing he says is, what about the dark place? The one place that you didn't mention. And Mufasa says, that's the Shadowlands. You must never go there. It's a dangerous place. And so Simba immediately gets a friend and he goes straight to the Shadowlands. Guys, I want y'all to know, I've lived in the Shadowlands, okay? Your parents have probably lived in the Shadowlands at one point. Everybody in here has lived in the Shadowlands. It's a dangerous place to go where God tells you not to go. But in this story, as Simba gets there, it's an elephant graveyard. And he thinks, this is so cool. And they're sliding around and they're playing until suddenly out of the darkness and out of the shadows walks the hyenas. And they start talking about having a lion cub sandwich. And Simba begins to run away and he's trying to get away. And he's backed into a corner finally. And he's sitting there and the hyenas are closing in and they're laughing and they finally got him. And with all of his mind, he leans back and he roars and he goes, little baby lion roar. And it, it tickles the hyenas. They start laughing. Oh, is that supposed to scare us? And he's in desperation. He tries one more time, knowing that they're fixing to eat him. And when he roars, this earth-shattering, angry roar comes out. And at that moment, his father jumps in between him and the hyenas and fights them off and rescues him and carries him to safety. I want you to know, and this is for everybody, church, graduates, if you walk into the Shadowlands... The consequences will catch up with you. But in that moment, if you will call out to God, he will come rescue you. No matter what you do, no matter what you experience, God will be there for you. We want to launch our graduates' rides, so this morning we're going to uh, uh, present some Bibles for them so they can take God's Word with them. Scott, if you want to come up. We're going to start, sorry, Caden, we're going to start ladies first, okay? So, Miss Audrey, would you come up here, please? This is Scott Williams. He's our youth director. I've asked him to come pray over our graduates this morning as we launch them out of here. They're more shy than the little kids are. Audrey, this Bible um, is almost just like the one that this church gave me when I graduated, the one I preach out of every Sunday. I, I can tell you um, with complete confidence, if you will live by this book, it will never let you down, and God will never let you down. So we want to give this to you, and we want you to know that we love you. Your parents will always love you, but we want you to have this. It's got your name on it. I hope I spelled it right. If not, it's uh, Scott's fault. <laughs> we're going to let Scott pray over you. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this day, and we're thankful for this moment to celebrate Audrey and what she has accomplished thus far in her life, God. We're thankful for the sweet spirit and the joy that she leads her life with. God, we just pray your hedge of protection on her as she goes forward, whether it be a school or as she chooses a career path. God, we just pray your protection over her and her guidance. God, I just pray that she would uh, get into your word that we've just given her, that she would uh, see the world through scriptural lenses. God, that she would know what's truth and know what's false. God, I want her to know that the church will always be here for her, and that you love her and will never forsake her. God, we're thankful for her, and we're excited to see what she does in the future, and we just pray that we'll be of a, a strength and encouragement to her. God, we love her, we thank you for her, we ask again for your protection over her. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Audrey, you can go sit down. Everybody clap for her. We love her, don't we? <laughs> Mr. Caden Davis.
you haven't met Caden, we love him as well. He's an amazing young man. Going into the Marines pretty soon. We're not worried about him. We're worried about mom and dad, though. So keep them in your prayers. Caden, we want to give you this Bible. It's uh, no different than any other Bible, but it's yours, and we want you to use it. Take it with you wherever you go as you travel the world doing great things. If you live by it, God will work in your life, I promise. Here you go. Well, let's pray over you as well. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we thank, we're thankful for this moment. We're thankful for Caden Davis. God, we're just so thankful for, for what he's accomplished thus far in his life. And God, we're, just, uh, we're thankful for the, uh, the courage that he has shown to enlist into the Marine Corps. God, is such, such an undertaking. We just pray your protection, your guidance over him. God, we pray that you will always be with him. Father God, we just pray that, that Caden understands that the church isn't the building here, that the church is a world, worldwide network of believers all over the world that he can reach out to wherever his travels take him. God, we're, th we're thankful for the, the stoic behavior that, that Caden exhibits. Father, he's going to make a great Marine. God, we just pray that you watch over and protect him, lead him into your word, God, that he too would see the world through your truth. God, we're thankful for him. We love him. We ask that you watch over and protect him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Caden. We love Caden too, don't we? Uh, we have one more graduate who wasn't able to be here also for military commitments. He'll be here next week. We'll present his Bible to him. So this will conclude Journey Sunday. Before you leave, please go by and give these families and these graduates a hug and celebrate with them and just tell them how much you love them. It means so much to have a church family that loves you.